Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. I would say out of all the things that I'm expert in, I think the number one thing is in fatigue. That's definitely a certification that you can't get from any university. You have to get it from the school of hard knocks. But I personally have been so tired for so many years and then overcame that fatigue and then helped tens of thousands of people. So I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to show you how to get your energy back. I was doing all the wrong things. I was trying to take all these pills and vitamins, but there was something else underneath my fatigue that I was missing. And until years later, when I finally figured it out, it was like I took a helmet off my head and I finally woke up. So let's talk about the seven reasons why you're tired. The first reason is adrenal fatigue. You have too much cortisol. What's interesting about cortisol, it's a stress hormone that adapts your body to stress. And under stress, your body switches to running on glucose. Despite what your diet is, if you have too much stress, your body is gonna basically run on glucose. This is why there's another name for cortisol, glucocorticoid, okay? It's a glucocorticoid. It's a glucose type hormone meant for short-term energy. It's supposed to give you energy, but it ends up making you tired because it's gonna mobilize a lot of glucose that's stored in your liver. And it's also gonna make glucose out of protein and fat. That's called gluconeogenesis. So here you are having all this glucose flowing through your bloodstream, and then your blood sugar is gonna increase, and then insulin's gonna come in there and push it down. So when you go through chronic stress, that's when things start to go downhill, and all that glucose will just make you thoroughly exhausted. All right, so the more stress you have, the more your body runs on sugar. Now, there's a little gland in the brain called amygdala, and it's very similar to the adrenal glands on top of the kidney, but it works on your brain. In other words, it uh, addresses a certain type of stress uh, in your brain. And that specific stress is a fear type stress. It's a fear response. So amygdala has everything to do with different shades of fear whether it's a very high level fear, like you're shy to a major panic attack, or you're terrified, or right in the middle, you have anxiety or you have worry. All those are fear states. And so anytime you have a fear state, the amygdala is involved and it's going to affect a lot of different biological processes, like your ability to sleep, like your ability to get into a calm state, and anything that's related to fear is going to get you to avoid that fear. You probably heard of the saying, um, you must face your fears, right? Well, when you face your fears, they no longer are fears because fear is about avoiding something. And as soon as you don't avoid it and you face it, you don't have it anymore. But the best remedies uh, for an adrenal stress situation or an overactive amygdala would be to take vitamin B1, okay? good amounts of B1 in the form of nutritional yeast. That is going to make you feel very calm. Now, some other things you can do is take ashwagandha. I have some more information on that in a link down below, but ashwagandha is an adaptogen. It increases your tolerance to stress. 
There's many other herbs that are adaptogens, but ashwagandha is one of the top herbs. And then we have sleep, more sleep, better control over your stress, better adrenal function. And I will get to sleep in a second. But the last thing I want to mention is physical work. That's a very great therapy for stress. Like any physical work that you can start doing, it will really help you release that stress. Now, exercise is okay, but physical work is a lot better because physical work and also exercise helps to deplete that stress energy that tends to build up that prevents you from sleeping. All right, number two, sleep, okay? Poor sleep will make you tired. And many times you can't sleep because you have high cortisol because you're stressed, especially if it's between 12 midnight and two o'clock in the middle of the night. That is when you're supposed to have the lowest amount of cortisol. But if your adrenals are overactive, that's the time that you're most awake. And I had a problem with that for years until I figured things out. Now, one thing about sleep, uh, there's a sleep hormone called melatonin. I recently did a very interesting video on melatonin because there's two types of melatonin. There is one type that's in your bloodstream and in the pineal gland, but there's another type of melatonin that is in all of the, your cells. It's deep in the cells. It's called a subcellular uh, melatonin. And the way that you increase that melatonin is through infrared. Did you realize that over 50% of the sun rays are infrared? So that infrared is actually increasing melatonin in all of your body's cells, which will greatly help your sleep. But another purpose of melatonin is to act as a powerful antioxidant, even more powerful than glutathione in your liver. And so melatonin is really important in countering um, all the stress that we experience and preventing a lot of oxidative damage and free radical damage. And so if you can get out in the sun, definitely do that for a good period of time. But if it's winter and you can't do that, you can also get infrared from a fireplace or a campfire or some candles or red light therapy. But the sensation of infrared is like the heat that you feel from the sun or from a fire or from a light, like incandescent light. I'm not talking about the uh, artificial lights that they have now like from your computer and your cell phone, which will all counter the infrared uh, wavelength and deplete your melatonin. So that's probably one of the reasons why people have a hard time sleeping is they're sitting in front of the computer all day long and they can't seem to recharge the melatonin. Now, the other thing I'm gonna recommend for sleep, which is a really great protocol, which I use on my body, is I take four of my sleep aid, okay, right before bed, about 20 minutes, and three of my D3 and K2. That seems to work very effectively to get into a really nice deep delta wave sleep. And it's allowed me to get like even up to nine hours of sleep. So I will use that when I need to sleep a little bit longer. Um, but presently my sleep cycles are in pretty good shape. Vitamin D3 helps to reset the sleep centers. It's great for jet lag and it's very, very important in sleep cycles. And so taking vitamin D right before you go to bed is actually going to help you sleep. It's not going to wake you up. All right. Number three, post-viral syndrome. Okay. So let's just say you just had COVID or some type of viral flu. And now you have this residual fatigue. You have chronic fatigue syndrome. Now the medical term for this 
It's called myalgic encephalomyelitis. Now, what does that mean? That's a fancy term for you have a combination of muscle pain and inflammation and soreness with inflammation of your brain causing cognitive deficits as well as fatigue. Now, that medical condition mimics the symptoms of a B1 deficiency as well as a B3 deficiency. So really what I think is going on is you have this inflammatory immune response and it's creating massive oxidation, massive free radical damage. And you're going into this infection with an already empty bucket of B vitamins. And the residual fatigue that you have from this infection is really a vitamin deficiency. That's what it is. Primarily vitamin B1, but also uh, the other B vitamins, as well as other nutrients as well. And so if you just had an infection and you start taking nutritional yeast and or B1, try to find a natural source, and you also took uh, vitamin D3 with zinc, okay, you're going to start to have more energy. There's some other things that you can take too as powerful antioxidants like NAC and not taking a melatonin, but being exposed to the infrared, which naturally increases melatonin, which I already mentioned is a very powerful antioxidant, probably even more powerful than glutathione. Now, the other point I want to bring up about viruses is that when you have existing viruses that are dormant in your body, they're called latent viruses. Okay. So you had an infection, let's say in high school, like Epstein-Barr virus, and then 20 years later, it comes out of remission. It usually comes out of remission when you experience stress because cortisol is an immune suppressive hormone. So it actually lowers your immune system. This is why a lot of people are on prednisone for all sorts of infections because it gets, because it gets rid of the symptoms. But what it's really doing, it's wiping out the inflammation, but it's also wiping out the entire immune response. So when you have high levels of cortisol, your immune system temporarily goes to sleep and the door opens up for these viruses to come out and kick you when you're down. So if you have any type of post-viral um, symptoms, whether it's fatigue or whatever, do whatever you can to find the cause of your stress and try to get rid of it because it's going to be really hard to get rid of that fatigue if you still have the stress situation that's unresolved. And unfortunately, um, losses can be a part of that as well. It's called bereavement. When you go through losses, the cortisol increases, the stress increases, and the viruses can come out and create all sorts of problems as well. So in that case, if you have that situation, definitely follow the things that I'm talking about, getting more sleep, getting more nutrition, getting IR, taking certain nutrients, et cetera. All right. Another uh, cause of fatigue is having Lyme, Lyme disease. And that comes from uh, a spirochyte, which is a type of bacteria that can go in your body and create an immune reaction. All of the symptoms from Lyme are actually coming from your own immune system trying to kill off this microbe, but it can't find it. So I recommend doing a natural type antibiotic. And that would be something like oregano, garlic, thyme, sage, things that are natural 
that can help boost your immune system, but without the side effects. Number five, insulin resistance, okay? If you're on a high-carb diet, realize that your brain is going to be slightly more unconscious because that's what carbs do. They make your brain go to sleep. So you're going to definitely need a nap after you eat. When you go on a low-carb diet, it actually wakes up your brain. You actually become more conscious. You are running your brain on ketones, which is a preferred fuel. And so if you haven't already uh, gone on a ketogenic diet with intermittent fasting, that could create the biggest effect on your energy more than anything. And I did put a link down below for those of you that are new to that topic. All right, number six, low stomach acids. If you don't have stomach acid, um, especially if you, as you get older and you lose the acidity in your stomach, you're not going to be able to absorb B12. You're not going to be able to absorb iron too well. Both of those conditions can cause anemia. You're not going to be able to break down protein too well. That can cause fatigue. You're going to be more susceptible to getting SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That can make you tired. Not to mention all the digestive problems that you're going to have. Uh, those can make you tired as well. And the simple remedy is a combination of apple cider vinegar and betaine hydrochloride. But just realize that um, you need to take a lot of it in the beginning. You may need to take five to six to seven tablets right before you eat for some weeks before you really start to turn things around because betaine hydrochloride is not a very concentrated amount of hydrochloric acid. It's a very weak type of acid that takes a while to build up. All right, and the last point I'm gonna bring up is vitamin deficiencies. That can create fatigue. It's not as common, but it can create fatigue. And I just mentioned the B12, I just mentioned the iron, but I didn't mention potassium. In all of your cells, you have a sodium potassium pump that generates electrical energy for your cells. So you need a lot of potassium to generate that energy. It's very easy to get sodium, but it's more difficult to get potassium. And the way you get that is through large amounts of salads. That's right. That can give you a lot of energy. So that's something if you haven't done before, you might want to start increasing more salad to increase more potassium, as well as the next mineral, which is also involved in energy and ATP, which is magnesium. So you can get a lot of magnesium and potassium from having large salads. I notice on the days that I don't have a big salad, I'm a little more tired. Now, out of all the things you can do, the most important thing is to get your diet straightened out. I didn't know that in the past. And so I was trying to take all these vitamins and do all these different things on top of eating too many carbs. It never worked. So you need to get on keto and do intermittent fasting as a priority. Number two, you want to work on your stress so you can then sleep. That's number two, because they are connected. And then number three, Many times there could be some uh, underlying residue from some post-infection, or you have this latent virus that is coming out of remission, in which case you need to take more B1, D3, zinc, and some of the other things that I recommend. All right, if you have not seen my video on melatonin, very important video, check it out right here. Hey guys, I just want to let you know I have my new keto course just came out. It's a mini course. It covers all the basics and how to do it correctly. You can get through this in probably 20 minutes at the very most. So 
If you're interested, click the link below and get signed up now.